As a healthcare system, we suck at onboarding new nurses into hospitals. They carry around big manuals. They try and navigate a complicated intranet, or they just wander around aimlessly until someone shows them what to do next. It's a job that's already so overwhelming with so much to remember, it's critical that healthcare systems serve up ways to help their healthcare workers feel capable, confident, and efficient in their work. Well, with me today is Dan Graham from MedApp and Dan Shaw from Southeast Local Health District. And in this episode, we talk about how MedApp helps nurses and midwives access clinical and hospital guidelines, the importance of timely communication and connection even before you start in a new role, and hear firsthand how Southeast LHD is supporting their staff in delivering care through the help of technology. Collaboration starts with the conversation team, Health Tech. Well, let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or 10 minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. Dan Shaw, Dan Graham, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having us, Pete. Great to be here. No worries. Thanks for having us, Pete. Good to have you on the show. It's been a while since we've caught up about med apps and I'm keen to learn about South East Sydney LHD and that whole journey as well. But let's kick things off and learn a bit more about yourselves. Dan Graham, firstly, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a bit more about what you do. Yeah, thanks, Pete. So I'm the nursing midwifery clinical lead for MedApps, and I'm also part of the hospital success team. So my role is to work with our existing customers to ensure that they get the best experience and value from the app, but also to work with our customers to apply the MedApps more broadly with the different use cases in nursing and midwifery. So I've actually got a clinical background as a registered nurse. I've been nursing for about 17 years in the New South Wales health public healthcare space. My background's primarily ED nursing, but I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. I've been a nursing manager, I've done education, clinical redesign, health infrastructure, and project management. So I've dabbled in all sorts of stuff, which has been quite useful for me in this role where I'm able to work with the different clinicians and levels of, um, I guess, hierarchy within a health service organization and understand where they're coming from and use those lived experiences to um, get the best value out of MedApp. Yeah. Can't underestimate the value of having a nurse with public health experience and all the breadth that comes with that into a technology provider for the healthcare side. So that's super cool and no doubt brings a lot of real world experience that you can share from your first hand. But for those that don't know MedApps as well, because it's been a while since we had Rob on the show who came on over 12 months ago to talk about MedApps and uh, tell us a bit more about MedApps and the problem it's solved. Yeah, so MedApp is an offline accessible mobile-first tool for clinicians and hospital. It provides hospital guidelines and access to information for clinicians, often before they even hit the front door. So it supports orientation, it supports clinicians' education, training, and gives another 
I guess, vehicle for organizations and managers and support teams to communicate with clinicians without relying on email or posters or you know, other forms of chat where you may not get the penetration or, I guess, engagement from clinicians. It just largely fits under that banner of quality and safety and enhances that quality of clinical orientation, communication, and supports well-being by reducing the cognitive load that you would get from starting in a new job at the JMR or as a nurse. When you're first walking in the door and you've got so much to learn, having all that information at your fingertips really reduces that anxiety, stress, and demand on you. Yeah, and that stress I hear is very real. Dan Shaw, like from your side, tell us a bit more about you and what you do. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Well, here in Southeast, I'm currently the nurse manager for patient experience, and that covers quite a broad range of work, really, in terms of patient experience, but more broadly human experience, and that supports a lot of the work we do with MedApps. It's really about how we support our nurses and midwives to have a better experience in the workplace. I've got a clinical background, ICU nurse. I've worked in Southeast now for 17 years in a variety of different roles and different areas, chronic disease management, project management, improvement science, innovation, leadership, development programs, and now in patient experience. And part of my portfolio looks at falls prevention and management, skin integrity for the LHD, and a number of broader safety and quality initiatives. MedApp is part of the portfolio that I work with, and we have been using it now for a number of years across the nursing midwifery space in supporting our nursing midwifery colleagues with the work that they do. I'm keen to learn a bit more about that experience too and solving for some of those problems. But back to you, Dan Graham, for a second. You know, we mentioned that it's been a while since we learned about what MedApps is up to and the work that you're doing. Tell us a bit more about that journey, particularly maybe over the last 12, 18 months and what that's been like and where the focus has been. Sure. MedUp is already really well established in medicine and supports about 30% of the interns in Australia. However, nursing midwifery is really becoming one of our fastest growing portfolios. And we have existing nursing midwifery customers now across public health and private health sectors in New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria. We've got some emerging use cases in the Northern Territory and South Australia. So it's really starting to get some legs, which is great. MedApp has approximately 4,000 nurses and midwives on the platform at the moment. This just continues to grow day by day, month by month. MedApp's been first used for nursing with your free with the nursing grad start you know, as a junior nursing cohorts. And Dan, I'm sure, will expand on that a little bit later on. But um, similarly to medical cohorts for the JMOs, MedApp's used to digitize their orientation processes and their onboarding experience. And the whole grad program for nursing is really now supported or coordinated by MedApps. So getting rid of the paper processes or relying on emails or USBs, printed manuals, all that sort of stuff is out the window and it's now via your mobile, easily accessible at any point in the day or during your experience. You can refer back the information whenever you need. There's no missing content or the handbooks that's been put in the back of the car or in the boot. So you're able to... Get the information you need. And that's definitely in that graduate space. It's established and seems to be working very effectively. Um, It's also now being used more broadly for nursing midwifery outside of the grad start programs. And for example, it's used to support other specialty programs such as Emerging Numb program, where you've got clinicians, again, who have been relying on paper-based information or email as a main point of coordinating education attendance, et cetera. And so that's now all digitized via the mobile. More interestingly, I think, though, is that 
application for Meta for wards and departments as part of BAU activities. And we're starting to test it and use it really well in EDs, ICs and theatres, where there's large FTE bases of stars, particularly with high turnover and maybe casual and agency usage. So Meta mm. really helps with orientation for these people that are coming through regularly, the educators who are really strained. And as we know with the, the way things are um, in, in the healthcare sector at the moment, everyone's strained, stressed, there's no staff. Um, often those clinical educators are on the floor and sometimes part of the numbers just to patient safety reasons. So having MetUp as a platform to support orientation is really vital and that really makes things easier for them. But it's being used for the day-to-day basis for clinical education operational information for staff, where it's available at their fingertips and not necessarily having to find a workstation to access information to help with your clinical decision-making. I guess inpatient wards are now starting to use MetUp um, for their teams, similar to especially large specialty units, but at a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. So you might have a team, a ward staff of, say, 30, but you can still use it for accessing important information. So an aged care ward, for example, might want to have information there for staff on reducing falls or pressure injuries for their patients or managing delirium and dementia. And having that, I guess, at their beck and call on their phone when needed so they can refer to that information. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help yes, you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or 10 minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. As you were describing that too, I... This point around making sure orientation is done well makes a lot of sense to me, but then it sounds reassuring as well that it goes beyond the getting someone started because it's... I would only imagine that having a really handy resource to get you started, but then chuck you into the wild and then it's just, you never use it again. It doesn't defeat the purpose, but it sounds like involved in both those important stages of getting someone set up, but then providing the ongoing support in the BAU. Absolutely. And that's exactly where it's headed. So it's getting you in the door, having your information on hand, support you on day one and beyond. But then what are we using for Meta on the day to day? to support you in your role just as a nurse and doing your daily job. Yeah. We're also been dabbling in like the quality improvement space. So we've done a recent project with South East Sydney where we piloted, I guess, using the capability and functionality to do a fault prevention management project. It was around the comms element of it. So using tailored and specific engagement communication to increase awareness and knowledge for staff around fault prevention topics that were bespoke to their clinical areas. 
And what we found was a strong shift to NetApp as the preferred and easiest place to access fault prevention information compared to trying to find it on the intranet or on folders on the ward where you're shifting through various pieces of paper or posters on the ward or even trying to find another clinician who might know a bit more specialist knowledge about it. So it was easier for them just to be able to look it up and search it on MedUp. And within two or three clicks, they've got the information they need for clinical decision-making or just for their awareness and general information. But it really demonstrates the profound impact that MedUp can have for clinicians rather than relying on email and other sources of information that are often clunky or difficult to navigate. Yeah, no, definitely. And we all seem to have a phone honestly even on the waters you say that being able to have that information on hand and easily accessible in two or three clicks that makes a lot of logical sense to me what i love about these conversations where we can have both the provider of the solution but also then one using it because while it makes logical sense to me that all of this exists hearing it actually out in the wild is, is much more useful so dan sure you mentioned you've been using MedApp for quite a while within southeast yeah absolutely pete and i think just to reflect on Dan Graham's comments there around just how useful MedApp has been for nursing midwifery. It's an incredible platform that we've been able to share with our nursing midwifery colleagues across a number of platforms. Previously, medical staff in Southeast had access to MedApp and it was identified that the app itself would be really useful for nursing midwifery and our colleagues at Prince of Wales Hospital piloted it there for the very first time with their new grads and as they were identifying they were having an increasing number of new grads who were hungry for more of that digital world. They were not wanting USBs or reams of paper to throw in a bag. What they really wanted was information in a timely, easily accessible way and MedApp was an identified as a solution to support with that. One of the great benefits for that is that ahead of time, before people even land in our organisation for their very first day, you're able to onboard them onto the app. You're able to share with them that really key information that everyone is sitting there ahead of their first day of orientation going, oh, how do I get to this place? Or who's this person? Or what do I need to know? Those really key bits of information that keep you awake at night in the lead up to coming on board. So it's a really great way to be able to engage with this workforce before they even land on the seats in your auditorium for orientation and share information that's relevant to them at that point of their journey rather than overwhelming them with a whole bunch of info that may not be entirely relevant for them at that point. Particularly things in relation to those new graduate handbooks taking those off USBs, putting them in a digital space so they're easily accessible in a way that allows our grads, both our mid-start and our grad starts, to access that they're on the train on the way home, they're on the bus, they're at home and want to do some extra work. It's really about having that accessibility, having their orientation schedule and all of that relevant information in there access to some of those systems like health roster, just being able to check what your roster is, being able to tap on the app and go straight through to log into your health roster and just really identify, this is when I'm rostered on, this is what it looks like for me. 
having access to those additional educational resources and then orientation that's specific to whatever unit you might be going to. Every unit has its own way of working. There are differences between units. So having some of that orientation within there is really helpful in onboarding our grads. Really fantastic approach. Whilst I've worked in a number of healthcare settings, I've not worked in a public hospital setting, particularly with nurses, but I think about onboarding staff generally. This point around having people kind of engaged before they start, I've seen that be really impactful. And I've done that with, and this is all in business context, where you've got like a WhatsApp group or something where you're just like, you've got comms with them to say, hey, and they can chat. And that makes a big difference. But I would imagine... That would be a little bit unwieldy having a whatever it was, like like a standard chat kind of context or emails flying around beforehand. So I can see why having something that's specific to the public health side, but do you find then that MedApp being built then to like actually then has those kind of holes and pockets that allows you to do things that are specific to the needs of a hospital setting? Absolutely. And I think what's really important to remember is it's not replacing anything. It's just doing things in a different way to really enable a better outcome for our staff. So, I suppose some of the tools that are really helpful as part of MedApp are things around your cohort messaging. Being able to send that out to specific messaging to cohorts of individuals. So, you might be looking at your grads, but it's a really nice way of building connection between a group of individuals coming into the organization who may not know each other at all. So, Mm. it has that really person-centered approach and feel to it. On this point of people wanting a digital kind of solution in what they do, in my previous work of more working with, say, GPs that I've said, hey, use an app to do that. They kind of do that face where it looks like they're staring at the sun and then they hit their phone really hard and they get frustrated and like, oh, I don't want to. And so there's this engagement piece of telling someone it's all available for you. It's within the app. And there's this sense of frustration that comes then of, well, can't you just give it to me physically in hand? So coming to this point around how to successfully implement some of these technologies in a solution, particularly for you, Dan, sure, where it's like you can see the value, but then in the end, it's got to come down to people actually using the thing. How have you found that journey? Yeah, Pete, it's been interesting. I think what we had anticipated is that we would have trouble engaging staff in coming on board with this new way of doing things, particularly Mm. in that grad space because our new grad coordinators had worked in one way for that a long period of time because that's what was available to them. So our approach really was to work with the willing and we went out to and identified all of our grad coordinators, both in mid-start and grad starts, and shared with them a little bit about the successes of the pilot at Prince of Wales, looked at identifying what worked well for the grads at Prince of Wales, what they were accessing, what it enabled for the grads, but also how it supported the grad coordinators there with what they needed to do. And that was around being able to identify levels of engagement from the grads, reduce a lot of the administrative burden that would come with sitting there and uploading onto a three or four dozen, five dozen, six dozen USBs, the same information, and then being able to keep that all up to date. So we really went with a collaborative approach and it was jump on board if you want to. 
And what we found was that every one of the grad and mid-start coordinators across the LHD could not jump on board fast enough. So we had this really engaged group of individuals who really understood the importance and the value for the grads and for the work that they were trying to do. And that's not to say we haven't had challenges along the way with engaging staff. It's technology, it's doing something new and introducing change. But where we see the value is really in selling what works well and how it returns time to the clinician to put that into clinical work. That's one of the huge benefits of MedApp. You're not going to a computer, logging on, and then trying to remember where on the intranet that particular policy or piece of information is that you need for this one specific piece of work. The bespoke nature of it means that an aged care ward can have access to the key information, key policies and pieces of information that's vital to them. So they've got that ease of access, being able to sift through all of that in a really efficient way. I think the benefits out have outweighed any of the challenges, most definitely, and it's really selling those points with clinicians around what works well. Speaking to some of that engagement and how we do that, it's really those traditional ways of engaging your senior leaders, Mm. finding who your sponsors are, who your champions are, and using them to drive engagement with other cohorts. And by doing that, what we have seen is the expansion of MedUp outside of the Grad and Mid-Start program to some of those other areas that Dan Graham referred to, particularly in falls and then other areas of the hospital, including some of the casual staffing areas, our EDs and our ICUs. That last point is really important too, I think, and something that I've seen in my experience. This, it's almost like a land and expand thing from Dan Graham's point of view of like for MedApps, like demonstrate the value within a particular area. And then if that value is realized, then it makes sense for it to broaden out into other parts of the LHD. Is that kind of the approach, Dan Graham? Yeah, that's right. Look, it's all transferable and it's definitely got value in that graduate and JMO space for sure. And we're able to demonstrate that quite easily. And I wanted just to touch on what Dan said, but I guess there are some places that we work with in programs where they're printing like 120 books that are 100 pages each for their clinicians. And that you can imagine the productive time savings of just not having to do that and that binding and printing and compiling and having then met up as a central place of storage and access for staff and those newcomers is, is a no-brainer. It makes mm. it a lot easier for everyone. So I think the values from productive time savings for managers and administrators is definitely there. But from a clinician point of view, it's also the time saving you get getting back to the bedside by having that information on hand. And being able to, the content and information is role-based and specific to you. So if you're an aged care nurse, you see content relevant to being an aged care nurse. So you get rid of that. There's you've got all the signal and no noise. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest benefit. Where if you go to an intranet or other sources of trying you know, SharePoint, sometimes the same sort of thing. It's just uh, there tend to be a lot of noise. So it's it's filtering out that and having the right information to the right role at the right time. And as you can imagine, that has a big impact on not only your time but patient safety experience and clinician experience. So definitely transferable across the, the board. And so then, Dan, thinking about then the use of MedApps as it grows within the LHD, talk to me about the use of the application in other parts of what you do. Yeah, sure, Pete. I suppose where we really saw the app come to life was 
when we were tasked in 2021 to run some vaccination hubs in the LHD. So our district nursing midwifery team were asked to set those up and run them. And MedApp came in to support us initially at the Bayside Vaccination Hub, a mass vaccination centre there. And as we transitioned across to our Centennial Park Hub, we embedded MedApp as part of the process there. And what was really helpful was that we were having over 100 staff join us in that hub from all over the organisation and outside of the organisation. So it was a hub that was set up for three months to vaccinate in the, the height of that wave of COVID. And And we didn't really have a way to communicate with everyone that was coming to work with us. It was set up in a really Mm. speedy manner, as most things were in that time. It was stood up quite quickly. And knowing that we were having staff join us from other organisations, we were really interested to work out how we could connect with them ahead of them coming to the vaccination hub because we had repurposed a university building over a number of floors to support this vaccination hub. So being able to link in with those staff that were joining us ahead of time to share the information that was relevant to them ahead of time was really important. But to create a sense of connection and build a team from a group of individuals who had never worked together before was a huge benefit. So people were able to start to identify who else might be there. When am I working? Who else is going to be on? Who are the key people I need to go to and see there? But as we know, during that time, information changed so rapidly so rapidly. Mm. And it does it in the real world every day, but in that environment, especially so. And what was really valuable was that I was able to sit up on the second floor in the ops room. And as a new change to vaccination rules came through, I was able to immediately push that notification out to all staff that worked within the vaccination hub, whether they're on shift or not. So they were able to get that information in a really timely, easy and accessible way. And then I was able to identify from the back end who had reviewed that information, who had looked at it, maybe who I needed to follow up with. So it really gave me some confidence in knowing that the information I was sharing was going out to the staff that needed to hear it and needed to see it in a really timely manner. And I was easily able to then identify who I needed to go and follow up with when they were next on shift just to ensure that they had the correct info. And it was a really great way for us to connect with the staff when they were there too. So we were running wellbeing sessions. We were having group lunches. So we could just put that out in the app and invite people to come along. And being able to build the content specifically around the use case of the vaccination hub enabled staff to have just the information that was really relevant to them at the time. Really great way for us to test MedApp. And I think that's how it really skyrocketed the use in the LHD. We were able to test it there and identify that it was so transferable, that it was an app that had such great applicability across a variety of clinical spaces. And now we've seen that translate back into the LHD as we go back into business as usual. Just touching on what Dan said, I think it just highlights how versatile MedApp is as well. And it's a clinic is not your traditional hospital setting. It's while it's hospital staff, it's not necessarily a hospital, it's a clinic. So it's definitely adaptable and versatile for different use cases outside of that specific hospital environment. And we're starting to see that now as we start moving into like aged care. And I think the other thing, the, the other highlight is that it's easily and very quickly able to be stood up. So you have to set up, net up virtually within hours. 
and deployed for staff. If you have the content and all the information, we can rapidly set that up. And that was quite useful for then rapidly deploying a vaccination clinic or for COVID clinic. The support team that we have and, and, and the way that the app is structured, it's a rapid deployment is one of the benefits. Yeah. As Danshaw was describing those problems to be solved from his side and being able to get a message out in short notice to everyone on the floor, being able to build that sense of community even before people have started, those sound no-brainers, things that you know you need to do as a responsible manager or someone looking after a thing. And I, I reflect on thinking, well, it sounds so easy to do, but it's very hard to implement. So it's great to hear that MedApps is listening to, understands those needs and will, will deliver on those and continue to adapt and evolve and broaden into different areas. Building on that thought then, Dan Graham, thinking then about where your focus is moving forward and what's exciting about the future for what you're doing, where are you putting your attention now? Yeah, I guess from a nursing and midwifery perspective, we're looking at where else it, it's transferable or applicable. And aged care, as I mentioned, is definitely a, a, an area that I'm particularly interested in. And I've worked in acute aged care in the hospital space and been a manager of aged care wards. And so it's a bit of a passion of mine. We've had our first steps into aged care recently. So we've, it's now being used to support the orientation on boarding and communication within a dementia-specific residential aged care facility in New South Wales. Our first one, which is really exciting. So the capability and functionality of MedApp is easily transferable and applicable to aged care. And given the often fluctuating and high turnover of the aged care workforce, you can see the benefits, particularly for orientation and access to information for the agency, casual, and just those frequent staff coming through be immensely helpful. What we've found with aged care workers too is that they often don't have an email, like a work email, or they don't have time to access it. So having that information in MedApp or having that vehicle to receive specific communications relevant to you or facility-wide information has been really vital and helpful for staff to know what's going on um, and not missing out on key information or changes. It's also a great vehicle to directly engage with those educated workers and increase their information changes and updates, essentially. There's also huge potential for those residential aged care facilities to use MedApp for helping them with the aged care standards and meeting those aged care standards. And it's a great vehicle to surface that information that can help improve the care and the way that things are done in those aged care facilities without having to rely on folders and printed material, which is what we're also seeing when we work with those customers in the aged care space. And similarly to the quality improvement work we've done at Southeast Sydney, that's definitely highly applicable in an aged care space and it's Definitely things you can do to improve the quality of care provision for people who are living in those residential aged care facilities and improve the standards for sure. Mm. That's one thing. I think that the other thing I'm excited to see happen soon is really our entry in the outpatient type space. And we're doing that with our Sydney at the moment. With, so, for example, diabetes service or community nursing sphere where the functionality and capabilities are met up are used to support those clinicians working out on the road. And so clinicians have access to those key resources to support their role and that clinical decision-making on the fly. They're more than ever before. And those community managers are having that direct reach to clinicians through the push notifications and key information. So it's a developing area for us. So watch this space. It's a bit exciting there. Can't wait to check in in you know, another 12 months or so and see how that journey is going because so many problems to be solved in those particular areas of healthcare and 
I would be nervous if I was the producer of binders and staples at the moment, but that's probably long overdue as healthcare is reduced as a potential industry for them. But look, Dan and Dan, I appreciate you coming on and having a chat and can't wait to follow along with the journey. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Pete. Great to be here. No worries, Pete. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks, and I'll even buy you a coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.